Welcome to the Dream Mason Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. A dream mason is a person who's brave enough to declare they have a dream and committed enough to do the work to build it. I know we all have a dream mason inside of us. And my dream for this podcast is to support us by giving us a glimpse inside the hearts and minds of leaders, creators, and innovators to help us unleash our inner dream mason. Because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up and welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. Today on the podcast, I have a friend who is more like family than a friend. She is a mother with two children who both have special needs. She is a wife. She is a business owner who runs and operates two successful businesses. She's a coach. She's a leader. She's a friend. She's just a badass, powerful woman who is creating her life and building a family and businesses despite suffering from some pretty intense and serious chronic pain. What I'm excited about this episode is I know that there's a ton of people out there in the world living with chronic pain, things that are small and and nagging and uncomfortable to people that have very serious conditions that are affecting every moment of every day of their life. And what I hope people get from this episode is that even if you are suffering from chronic pain, there is still possibility and a powerful life available to you. And my guest today, Emily Golden, is going to share with us her journey of dealing with chronic pain and how she is building a successful life, a powerful, loving family and marriage, despite the condition in which she suffers from. Let's jump right into this episode and meet Emily Golden. What's up, Emily? How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I love that you're outside and I look orange. <laughs> it's so beautiful here in New Jersey today. So I apologize if you hear any background noise. There apparently is someone now sawing in the background. No, it's okay. I think we're good. I think we're all right. Um, so let me introduce you because um, I obviously know you really well. Um, so Emily Golden is a mom, a wife, a coach, you run two businesses. To me, you're brilliant, you're a powerhouse, your love, your connection, your support, you're a yogi. But most of all, like you are someone who constantly overcomes obstacles. Mm. And we could talk about obstacles that you overcome in terms of jobs and work. But I talk about that all the time on, on the Dream Mason podcast. And I'm actually excited to have you on here. And you and I have talked about this because the obstacle that you're currently working with and overcoming is a well-being or health obstacle. Mm-hmm. And I think that like who doesn't know somebody who has a well-being or health obstacle? And for most people, or maybe not most, but so many, it like stops people dead in their tracks. And mm-hmm. you are continuing to power your life forward whether it be as a mom, as a wife, as a holding a family together or in your businesses. Mm-hmm. And I would love to dive into that conversation. Thanks so much. Yeah, I, I really um, appreciate your introduction and um, 
I really appreciate this conversation. So I have a degenerative spinal condition. So I was born missing six discs in my cervical and thoracic spine. And um, my whole life, um, I've been kind of just like, it looks like I've had a stiff neck. Um, it hasn't really impacted me to the extent that it is now impacting me as I'm aging. Um, so I deal with chronic pain. Um, I also deal with um, some other symptoms like dizziness sometimes and um, just like sensations throughout my body. It's my spinal cord. So like obviously like my spine and, and all of that is, is impacted. So um, it's definitely part of my life. And yeah. I, I, it's, it's part of me just like my hair. You know, it's, it's, it's as interwoven into my being as, as everything else about me. How do you, well, let's talk about before we get all into this, let's like, what, what are the things that you're up to? So people actually get an idea of all the things that you, your life is very full. Yes. So I let's mean, just talk about your life in general and describe like all the different facets of it. And then we can get into how this comes into play. Totally. Um, yes, I have a very full life. Um, I am the mom of two children. I have a 13 year old daughter and a 10 year old son. He just celebrated his birthday. And my children are amazing, and they also both have special needs, um, which it, 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 it kind of, it, it adds to maybe some of the complication in life, um, but it's also much of the gift that they are to me. Um, so I, I am married. Um, we have a house. Um, we have the proverbial white picket fence. Um, and, um, and, you know, a, a truly, truly, truly full life. Um, I run two businesses, my husband works full time, and um, our kids are off in a million different directions doing the, the things kids do, sports and different activities, but then also obviously having special needs, they require um, sometimes, you know, going to different appointments and therapies. And um, so life is, life is truly full. I also am very, um, and this is something that I think is part of what has me be successful and, and move through the obstacles that are, that are put in front of me. Um, I'm very clear about the need for my own time and my own space. So um, I, I walk um, frequently, I have a dog and we go on long walks together and I also practice yoga and I'll do one of those every day and sometimes both, um, you know, in order to, to, to support me. Wow, there's a lot. Yeah. If all, I mean, if all of the, all those things, any of those things could be enough, right? In itself, like two kids could be enough, two job, two careers could be enough. Right. A dog parking could be enough. Right. Um, there he goes. What, what are the big, because look, before what the, this podcast is all about dreams and yeah. how do you get to your dreams? So what are your visions for the future? What are the goals that you're trying to create and produce in your life? Yeah. So, um, hopefully my dog won't keep up barking too much longer. Um, so what, what are my goals and my dreams? Um, I would say in many ways I'm living my dream today. And part of that is, um, running two businesses that are truly soul based passion businesses. Um, I'm a coach and, um, one of my businesses is really about coaching professionals, um, leadership coaching, executive coaching. And then the other business that I have is, um, really focused on coaching moms 
um, coaching moms around their perfectionist uh, tendencies and limiting beliefs. Um, so I would say that part of my vision is, is really the life that I'm living um, and continuing to, to grow that and to just really empower how I can set my life up. I, I think the vision is also this, this flexible life where I'm not beholden to a certain schedule. Um, I can have flexibility so that I can be available to my family. Um, you know, ultimately, my vision as a mom is to raise children that are um, satisfied with their life, that are up to their own passion projects, um, and that really truly enjoy life, um, and that they know, and that they see that anything is possible. So, um, so you know, that's 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 also part of my vision. Another piece of my my vision is to be a role model, um, to be a role model of truly what's possible. Um, not just as a mom, um, but as a woman and as a, a woman running businesses like that, it is possible to create what you desire um, and that I'm living proof of it. And, and in many ways, like with, you know, every challenge that gets put in front of me, it's just more fuel for wanting to, to, to create and to, to move through that. Um, in service of living my best life. So in, in long and short, that's my vision. I'm living it. Nice. And I know t you, you mentioned it kind of, but you didn't really dive in. And you just created a program, essentially. We didn't just create it, but you created a program uh, dethroning your inner critic, right? Yep. So, so yeah, I'm in partnership with a therapist who um, created this idea of dethroning your inner critic. And she and I came together and We've really, we've created a movement, actually. Um, we've been working together for about a year, and it started off one day a week, and then it became two days a week. And now we're actually working together three days a week, and we're co-creating something that um, is scalable, and it's just, it's true, it's connected to everything that we are. Like, we found each other, and there was kind of this cosmic connection. Like, we realized that the work that we're up to is so similar, and yet there's so many differences that we can bring to um, to the partnership. What is the, tell, tell me about like dethroning your inner critic. Yeah, so dethroning your inner critic is, um, we do training programs, we do, um, and, and training programs in person, and we do them online. We train women in how to um, identify and separate themselves from the, inner critic, the voice, the judgmental, the harsh, critical voice that lives inside their head that keeps them from, that keeps them safe and small, or that keeps them living a life that is okay, that is fine. Like we say fine is, is, is a dirty word. You know, we want people to be, we want our clients to be living great lives. Um, so we also do private coaching. Um, we do group coaching and we are really excited. Last week we rolled out um, a membership community, um, which is um, uh, is a way to, to become a part of dethroning your inner critic and be part of this movement and to be part of a, a group of women that are really supporting each other to be their highest and best um, in a kind of in your own time. And um, the community is, um, it's shaping up to look really amazing. So, and, and, and honestly, all of it, all of it, all of it is possible because um, we have empowered support. And I would say that if 
I had to summarize what has my life working the way that it does <laughs> is the support that I have. Um, and that, that didn't just come like that took, that yeah. took a lot of um, intention to create. I love that your dog is trying to make a guest appearance. With a, my know. dog, my dog actually is also a coach. You might not know that. He coaches dogs. How to no, live their best life. He's a coach. He, he coaches on living from essence and authentic self. <laughs> so um, I want to, I want to touch on this because I think it's really, it doesn't just apply to women. You spoke about it a lot to women. Like I refer to that. My inner critic is it's like more man speak. It's just like, he's a hater. He's just a dick in my head who doesn't say nice things to me, mm-hmm. who tells me I'm not good enough, who tells me I'm of shape or I'm not good looking enough or I'm not smart enough or I don't have enough clients or this podcast isn't going like it literally is a non-stop mm-hmm. and the thing that I'm present to is is this is an every person conversation if you don't have an inner critic you're literally I mean you might as well die and get resurrected because I mean you're there's something very special about you um so it's an everybody conversation. So it's really cool. You're doing this. I know that I love hearing about the inner critic work because I, you inspired me to, I'm working with somebody who actually lives in Cherry Hill, New Jersey right now. Also, um, maybe you guys are neighbors on creating a program for men that is not the same, but I think that you, you paved a little path for me to see like what was possible. So, that's so cool. Yeah, and absolutely. I mean, part a, a symptom of this um, disease called humanity, and it's not a disease, but it, it, being human is having an inner critic. Joanna and I are specifically focused on women and specifically, tar, you know, working with moms. Um, and we constantly are asked by their spouses, their partners, or just men, like, when are you doing a, you know, dethroning your inner critic course for men? Um, but it, it, it truly is. The inner critic is born of protecting you. It's a fear-based conversation in your head that actually thinks that it's keeping you safe. Yeah. I did a whole, I don't know if you've heard it. I did a whole podcast on the evolution of the brain. Mm. Um, but it, I don't know, it was probably like around number 15 or 20, somewhere in that. Um, but it was like your brain is basically, it's titled like your brain is your number one obstacle. And the whole thing was about how the brain evolved as the reptilian brain to the mammalian brain to the human brain. And that inner critic goes to the reptilian brain. It's all about, we think it's about keeping us alive, but we're not an actual, look, if, if you live in a war-torn country or in, a, in an actual dangerous situation, your reptilian brain is super probably is keeping you alive. I would even venture to say, if you were in a very um, serious domestic violence situation, your reptilian brain has you survive. Mm-hmm. But for most of us, that's not our everyday conversation. Mm-hmm. For most of us, the things that our brain is telling us are, is totally fabricated and is to- is, is, isn't serving us at all. It's so incredible because one of the things that in the work I do both in my private practice and in my dethroning practice is support people to sink into their heart more, um, right? Because the answers are there. The answers are inside of your heart. And um, on Thursday, I had the honor of seeing Tony Robbins. Um, He came to Philadelphia. He spent like four hours with an audience of people. And oh my gosh, he said the most powerful thing. He said, what's the sign that something's alive? What's the very first sign? And, you know, of course, everyone said a heartbeat. 
And he said the heart beats before the brain is formed. And gosh, it's so, that is so simple and so powerful, right? Yet we live so much of our lives from our head. Yeah, that's awesome. Are the heartbeats before the brain is formed? Yeah. Like, or like something like that, like the before the mind like takes over. Like his, his whole thing is like, it kind of like separating yourself from your mind. Like your mind is your greatest obstacle and is like the thing that um, it, it, gets, it, it, it gets confusing. You know, we think that we need to be listening to that voice all the time. And I think there's, I want to lead this, let's lead this into like the, the obstacle that you're facing. I actually think we were talking about this, this, this weekend, mm-hmm. that our mind actually creates physical problems in a way to like mess with us. So I know that there was a time almost a year ago where I had a lot of stress. I was like, felt like I was carrying a lot of weight on my shoulders. I felt like people were depending on me. And I constantly had back of the neck and shoulder issues. Like I couldn't let it go. And over the course of the last nine months, as I've like let all that go, I have no, I didn't do any special exercises. I didn't change anything. I just let that go. And all of a sudden I don't have that pain anymore. And I was sharing with you, like recently, I have been having a ton of like heel and arch pain. Mm. And it's funny because if you look at my life, I'm like jet setting, I'm all over. I don't have like a, I have, I'm not homeless. I have places to live, but I'm changing where I live. Like every month I'm renting a different place. I'm living with different people. I'm moving all over. And the thing I don't have, even though I think I'm a very naturally grounded person, mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of grounding and stability. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that my ankles and my feet are just kind of like sore and irritable. Yeah. It's kind of like, what is going on with that? Um, and I believe it's there. It's starting. It's the subconscious mind is, is playing that part. And I actually have to separate myself from that. Part of healing my feet and my ankles is actually separating myself from these thoughts that I'm not grounded because I can be grounded anywhere. I don't need to have a traditional life to be grounded. Really powerful. What do you see in that for, you know, tell us a little about like what you're going through. And- yeah. So if you can imagine, I, because I'm missing six discs, there's just, it's like a lot of bony mass in my neck and, you know, upper, upper spine. And so my body is always trying to um, correct itself. And my head isn't exactly on straight. So it might look like I'm cocking my head, but I'm, that's actually straight for me. Um, so, um, and so my body is kind of, I, I think of it like it's in a heightened sense of like state of protection all the time. Um, and I do know that when there is more stress in my life, when, you know, there's business stress or stress at home or, you know, that, that my symptoms absolutely positively flare up. There is no question. Um, you know, I think that there's a part of me that wants to be like, well, this thing that I have, it's like a structural deformity. It's something that was actually, I was born with. And, um, and, and the symptoms are, are super real. And yes, they are. And for anyone that has a chronic condition, of course. Um, And I think there's something for all of us to tune into when our symptoms flare to look at the connection to the mind, right? Like for years and years and years, Alex, I just operated on top of the fact that I had this condition. And in fact, I didn't even talk about it. 
like the, some of the people closest to me didn't know anything about it. My girlfriends from college who I lived with for, you know, three years and then we lived together after college and they're, you know, still my best friends. Like they now know the extent of what I deal with, but, uh, but uh, there was no reason to, and I never wanted to be the case that like people felt bad for, or, you know, would treat me differently. Um, but as I've done my own work and really gotten clear on who I am in this world and my own truth, I realize that it's actually a barrier to intimacy when I'm not showing up and sharing that I've got this thing. And, you know, this thing does have an impact in, 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 in my life. And in many ways, I noticed that I'd set my life up to keep me safe. Um, you know, my inner critic, because I was like, well, I have this physical thing. So, you know, I'm just going to protect myself, but I'm not going to talk about it. And it just, it just got to a point where it was super weird. And um, about a year ago, I basically declared in the words of a coach of coaching, a breakdown in how I was relating to myself and how I was relating to my body and that I was no longer going to keep it to myself. And um, I was going to share. And it's been amazing because not only have I shared with my friends and those people in my community, but I've also shared with my clients. And I have this thought, this inner critic voice that they'd be like, oh, well, I can't, you know, if you're not well, like I can't be working with you or, you know, how, how much are you going to be able to support me if you're not well? And they've been amazing. And it's actually created an, a new level, I would say, of intimacy with many of my clients who I've been working with for quite some time. So um, I don't know if that answered the question about the connect, but like the connection between the mind and the body is, is so super, super important to recognize. Yeah. Yeah. What about, how does this actually impact you? Let's talk about the ways that it is literally impacting all the things in your life. Yeah. Like what are the talent? Cause this is the thing, right? People have whatever, whether they have cancer or a physical like ailment that causes pain. There's people that have, I mean, I always think fibromyalgia is like the craziest thing. Cause like they don't even know what it like almost is. And yet people mm -hmm. just have pain. Mm -hmm. Um, but everybody, I mean, as we get older, it's like, you know, I remember you just like, you, I could do, you could do anything when you were like 15 and 20. And now I like make one wrong move in the yoga class and my knee is like, I'm like, what happened? I'm 36 years old. Like, why did my knee hurt? Right. Um, and right. I think, what is it? Louis CK has like a joke where he's like, as you get older, he's like, you used to just like things would be wrong and then they would heal. He's like, but at some point, like you're in your 40s and you go to the doctor and the doctor's just like, no, your knee's just bad now. You just have like yeah. a bad knee. It's not yeah. getting better. It's <laughs> right, right. So um, how do you, how, yeah, how does this stuff impact you on a daily okay. Um, So I'm going to start with like going to sleep. So going to sleep is, I've never had a problem sleeping. However, um, as I've gotten older, I have a buildup of pressure actually, because my neck is not, the doctor explained it kind of like your neck is a drainage pipe. Like if you were to think of it like a sink with a, with a pipe. Okay. So, so, so there's actually a buildup of pressure because there's a buildup of fluid and we're trying to, we're working on getting to the bottom of it. I have a test later this week and I, I have faith that we're going to figure it out. But I basically, when I lay down at night, my head and my ears, there's pounding. So Okay, I do my meditation. Sometimes I'll talk about it with my husband um, or sometimes I'll read, but I fall asleep. And then um, at least once a night I wake up. Sometimes I can't feel my arms. Um, and that's always scary. And I'm used to it at this point to the, like I don't get 
as scared as I used to. But when this first started happening about a year ago, it really started to get scary. And I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, okay, I can't move. And then I would get the sensation back and then I go to the bathroom and I try to calm myself down. But I was like panicking inside. Right. Um, yeah, you know, a bunch of tests and they were like, you know, they, ex the doctors explained to me what's going on. You know, I have some where I'm not fused, there's some herniations and whatnot that can be explaining this sensation, this phenomenon. Um, I, I'm no longer as scared, but it does interrupt me. So my sleep is, is, is interrupted and the loss of sensation is weird. It's very strange. Cause like I'll lose sensation in both of my arms or one of my arms and only my left toes. It's very interesting. And when I can take a step back and not be freaked out by it, I'm like, how amazing is this thing we call our body? Like that it, it's like, I can actually feel my knee, but I can't feel my toes. It's strange. Um, but it's also, it's also amazing. Um, I would say it, the condition. Yeah. Well, I want to know how you, so this is a great place. Like, right. Sleep is huge. Mm -hmm. There's people that have a lot. Anyone that suffers from pain is going to have issues sleeping. And a lot of people that have issues with sleep, then use it as a way to prevent them from living a great life in the rest of their life. And that's the thing that's awesome about like you in this situation is you're not, you could wake up and go, I don't, I don't I, I'm going to half-ass being a mom. I'm just going to make sure they get to school. Um, I could half-ass being a wife. I could half-ass my practice. And you're literally keep building. So how are you not letting this sleep thing, like what, how are you able to overcome this? Mm -hmm. um, okay. So a few things. One is, again, everyone in my life knows what's going on. And there are times that I will have to say to a client, look, I really didn't sleep last night and I'm not going to, you know, we need to reschedule or, um, uh, you know, I, I, my girlfriends all know what's going on. So if we have plans and I have to cancel, we have a kind of an agreement that, all right, Emily needs her sleep because she's got life to live. Um, so, so one thing is just building in buffers. And I think a really important piece of that, especially for an A-type personality like me, is to have forgiveness, like self-forgiveness when I am so fatigued that I, I just can't move. And incredibly, because our bodies are incredible, my mind will actually sometimes just shut it off. Like we went to Tony Robbins on Thursday. It was a very, very long day. On Friday, I was working with my business partner. And at one point I turned to her and I was like, I'm not sure that this is working today. <laughs> She's like, what do you need? I'm like, I need a nap. I need a nap. Um, it turns out I actually didn't take a nap. I got super sourced and energized by my daughter because we, she came home from school and we decided to do something together. So I think, you know, in answer to the question, it's, it's honoring myself. It's recognizing, do I really need the sleep? Is it, is it truly what my body is needing? Or is it that I think I need sleep because I didn't sleep great last night? And then trusting that I can catch up on my sleep. Also empowering my husband to, um, to, to take care of things when they need to be taken care of. There are times that I'll have a really rough night and it's an unspoken thing. He doesn't even, he knows I need to sleep in and you know, he'll take care of the kids, get them off. And then he'll check in on me later in the day. And I always bounce back up. I just, I just love life. Like I, I, I'm not, I, I'm just so committed to, to, to just being and, and being alive and being up. Yeah. have this thing just, unless and until my body can't do it anymore yeah. will be 
I will go and go. I was just thinking today, I like woke up and I was very, um, I had a lot of like, I've been hearing so many people in the world talk about like wanting to sleep more, like be in bed more. Like I wish I just didn't have to get out of bed. And for some reason this morning, I was like overcome with this. Like it like, it was like making me angry. Like these voices in my that head. That people that you wanted to stay in bed or that people want to sleep? No, that people want to. Because yes, sleep is necessary, but it like hit me in this place that I realized like, if you want to stay in bed, you're not living a great life. Because a great life doesn't happen in bed. I mean, unless somebody else is joining you in that bed. <laughs> and like, you know, but, but like, uh, yeah, but the, like, I want to go to sleep more. Or I wish I could just be in my bed or I, I don't want to get out of bed and do like, you're not, it's a great sign. It doesn't mean you're depressed, but it's a great sign that you're not loving your life. You're not passionate about your life. And I noticed it's in contrast to the weekend, right? People hate Mondays, mm -hmm. but if you love your life, you love Monday. Mm -hmm. Cause I see the weekends as a way to let go, to source me back. So I shoot into Monday, super empowered. So mm -hmm. Monday becomes like the jumping off point to like all the things that I'm creating, mm -hmm. but you actually have to love your life to do that. And yeah. in what you're saying is because you love life, you actually, and because you've created a life that you love, this didn't happen by accident. Mm -hmm. You've created that. You literally created the children and you continue to help them create their lives. You created the relationship with your husband. Mm -hmm. You created your businesses. You created this business partner. You created Tony Robbins. <laughs> no, not him, but going to the event. Yeah. But it has you over that it seems like that getting supported sharing getting your needs met mm -hmm. and then having a life that you're excited to get into mm -hmm. yeah it's it seems like that i hear because the question i was going to ask you was how do you know the difference between i need sleep as a way to stop you and i need sleep because you actually need it and i yeah. go ahead it, yeah so i was actually that's so we're so connected because um i was just thinking about that like i was thinking that um, on Saturday night, we had gone out, we were at, um, we were at a, a, a big event and, um, I had set my intention that I was going to sleep in on Sunday because I could, and, you know, I knew that it would be good for my body. I was going to be up later than usual. And when yesterday morning rolled around, I, I, I was like, okay, I'm just going to lay here. Like I woke up, but I was like, I'll just lay here because I can. And I, felt this like internal tug to get out of bed. And I think that that's the, it's like, I could choose to ignore that and be like, it's more comfortable and safe. And, you know, you know, I might be in pain when I get up, but I always know that I feel better when I get up when, when that, like, it's, it's literally, I think it's, it's, I think it's just an inner knowing. I think it's an inner knowing the times that I just need to like pass out and sleep, and then the times that laying in bed is total is not serving me at all. So, so you trust. So it's learning to trust yourself, mm -hmm. which is, I mean, I think it's one of the biggest challenges in any any relationship with ourselves, mm -hmm. because we just so many of us lack personal integrity. Mm -hmm. And I mean that I don't mean that as like people hear that and they're like, you know, they might be offended. Like people right. don't. I okay. personal integrity just doing what you say you're going to do and being the person you say versus like, you're bad. It's not yeah. that kind of conversation. Yeah. But you have commitments. 
And that's the integrity is that you're, and it sounds like you've created commitments you love. They're not just like, oh, I have to do this thing. Right. And, um, you know, I think it's also when you're dealing with a chronic condition, um, there's really an urgency to live. Like there really is an urgency for me to live my life in truth, in integrity with myself. Because I don't know, like we never know what tomorrow is going to bring. But um, when I see a doctor look at my films and then look at me and then look at my films, like my MRI, whatever, or my CAT scan, they're always amazed. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's right. Like I live this life because I just don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. But I'm empowered around it. I'm not scared about it. I'm empowered around it. And it has actually supported me to take some risks leave my full-time job, which was someone else's great dream. I had a great job working from home. I was, you know, leading a talent acquisition function for a $3 billion chemical company. It was a great job. It wasn't for me though. Like it wasn't my heart. And I think knowing my own physical stuff, it was like, if you don't do this now, when are you going to do it? I love that. It's all like I hear and all of that is just like all about choice, right? Like you you could choose to let it all bring you down. You could choose to see the doctor looking at the x-rays and be like, oh my God, I'm like a disaster. But you actually flip it. It's so cool how you do that. It's kind of like, yeah, the hell yeah, that's me. And look at this. I'm right. crushing it. Right. And yet, you don't even, it doesn't even make sense. Right. Um, you're like a superhero. Right, right. right. Um, that's, and, and yeah, I mean, I, it's funny. I, was, I remember that. I, I remember when you left that job and the the person that it required you to be to mm. step up to do that was like a vastly different person than the one I originally met. Mm -hmm. It like required you to like own your superpowers, your greatness. Yeah. Yeah. How, so scary. How did, how did that, I, I guess like, let's, how have all the things in your life actually supported you to like overcome this new obstacle? Um, you know, I always say like, sometimes when I start working with a new client, they'll say like, I just really want confidence and I just want to work with you so I can figure out how to get confidence. And I'm like, you know, confidence doesn't come from, uh, feeling good. And then you take risks. Confidence comes from taking risks and overcoming obstacles and knowing that you can. Right. So if you look at Actually, if I look at my life, like I was born, although my parents didn't know really what was going on, I couldn't move my head off my shoulder until I was about the age of one. My parents were very scared when I was born because it looked like there was something really wrong. And um, I do believe that, although I don't remember this, I do believe that I picked up on their energy about it. And, you know, I overcame that. Then I had learning differences and I overcame that. And then of course there was like, you know, the standard things that you go through in high school, like socially, those challenges. And it was at that time that my mom became very, very ill um, to the point that we thought a number of times we were going to lose her. Um, and Knockwood, she's amazing and she's a fighter and she's really modeled for me what courage looks like. But, you know, and I would say that how has all of this prepared me? It's shown, like, I know I have a tremendous amount of confidence in my ability to overcome and my courage and, and, and just have courage. So I guess it's the past that is the thing that's really informing that I, I can be with all of this.
And that like, I actually, I'm not a particularly religious person, but I am quite spiritual. And I do believe that the universe is giving me all of this because it's like, it's, it's, it's meant for me. Like, and, and it's all, it's meant for like the goodness that I can create from it and then share with the rest of the world. So yeah. yeah, I think it's just the past stuff and, and learning really not how to like learning how to be with all that past stuff and all the current stuff, but not be like struggling in the face of it. And you know, that's not always an automatic. I, I can go into that struggle place, right? We all can, the suffering and the struggle. Um, and I feel my best when I'm able to stand on the side of the courage and facing the fear. I love that too, because we can use our past against us or we can use it for us, right? Like, and so many of us use the past against ourselves. Well, I'm not going to do this because this is how it went. I mean, this is what we do with our clients, right? And I never, you got me, you just got me present to, I never think of, I'm actually usually trying to pass down, like associated with it at all, because it's not real anymore. It's, to me, it's like irrelevant, but this is just a different way to look at it as in, the, you can actually use the past to push you forward versus it pulling you back. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't heard anybody say it kind of like, or heard it the way you, you said it, mm -hmm. which is really, really cool. It's just a different opportunity to use the past as a way to support you. Mm -hmm. What do you, what would you give people that are suffering from really serious things to really minor things you know, what would you give them as practices, as tools, as resources to help them not let this thing be the thing that stops them from going after an audacious dream? Yeah. So um, what I would give them, so I'm thinking of some clients that I've worked with who have chronic conditions who have been kind of in the, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine place, which I relate to because that's like how I was doing it. So my guidance to those people is to be real be real with yourself and be real with the people in your life um, about what you're experiencing. Um, and to know that when you operate on top of it and make like it's okay to convince yourself it's okay, it's not actually okay. Like you're not being honest with yourself and you're not being honest with the people in your life. And as scary as it may be to admit that there's something that's, you know, that you're experiencing these challenges, um, there's so much beauty in it. And there's so much freedom in just, again, speaking your truth. Um, the other thing I would say to those people and to people who are, you know, fully open about the fact that they've got something and they don't know how to deal with it is to live your life with a sense of urgency. Like tomorrow could be the last day. Like we don't know. And you have been put on this planet for, a reason like to do whatever the work is that you've been put on this planet to do. And if you can embody that, there's no, nothing, no physical limitation that, um, that has to, has to stand in your way. It's only a, it's only if you choose for it to stand in your way. And if that's the place that you're in, give me a ring <laughs> because, um, <laughs> I, I don't want to see anyone squandering their life because their body is, in pain or, you know, they have those challenges. There's always, there's always support available. That's great. That's beautiful. So now I have a, I don't know if you can hear it. Now I have a barking dog. He's getting ready. He's, like, he's huffing and puffing. 
I can't. So, I mean, you just, you just mm-hmm. rattled him. He just got like, you just, you just got inspired. He totally felt in- he got inspired. I love it. It's like, I'm not going to let any of my physical pain. Right. Um, what about somebody who I want to say is like at rock bottom with their, with their physical, like they, they're like hanging on in the sense of they're in so much pain that they kind of just struggle in a rate. So they hear this and they're like, yeah, I mean, you're still moving around. You're like still going to yoga. Like I can barely get out of bed anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where would you, where, like, where would you give them as a place to just start? Right. Cause we yeah. can't jump all the way to the end. So, right. So that's a really great point. First off, when you are in tremendous pain, it is very hard to think. You're not thinking clearly, right? It's like, it's cloudy. Um, so again, I'm going to point to a place of getting supported. And that means um, being unre- like being wildly, radically like out there looking for a doctor or some sort of healer to get you back to homeostasis, get you back to a place where you are feeling, you know, strong enough. I recently went to an integrative doctor and um, I've seen a number of different doctors and she just was like, it's not acceptable that you would be living your life in pain. Like we are, we are going to take care of that. And if it's not me, it's going to be someone else. So please don't ever stop. So I, I would say that please don't ever stop. And I would say, um, you know, getting yourself supported and, and, and really recognizing if you're isolating yourself because you feel like you're broken or you feel like, you know, it's never going to get better. Um, reach out, reach out a hand and, um, you know, people, people want to help people. Like that's just what we're, we're we're humans. Most humans want to help other humans. I love, there's something you just said, I don't know how you said it, but it just made me think of like the meaning that we make it. So you could be in bed riddled in pain and your mind's saying that you're broken or that you're not good enough or that you're not worthy or whatever the conversation is, which is all made up meaning. The fact mm-hmm. is you're in pain and things hurt and maybe some things don't work as they quote unquote are supposed to, mm-hmm. but all those other things are the meaning that we add on to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that those things become more disempowering than the actual physical pain can. Cause I love that, like that willingness to keep going. Cause we all know people who are, have something wrong and they stop at like the first doctor that says, this is the thing, or here, pop this pill, or do this. And they don't, they don't relentlessly go, no, that's not acceptable. I want more. I mean, this is not, I have, I've been fortunate enough to not have like, like any super serious physically in that. I had like my, my learning disabilities as a kid. And I think I actually learned from my mom. She was like relentless and not stopping to get me the support I need so I could be successful in life. And I think for me, you know, I have like, I'll have like lots of like little injuries and things, but nothing serious. But at one point for a really long time, I had these, I was always having stomach pains. I mm. always had stomach aches. I was always uncomfortable. And doctor after doctor would like do another test and do another test and nothing's wrong. And maybe don't eat this and maybe don't eat that, but nothing would change. And it was, it was okay. Right. It wasn't like stopping me. It was just uncomfortable. But I think I learned from my mom to keep looking for a thing. So all of a sudden I found my way to like this Eastern herbalist acupuncturist, Mm. 
which was just like, I'll just try another thing because what's it going to hurt? And it changed everything. Mm. I mean, it completely, first of all, I got to see that a lot of it was stress. She actually Mm. had me look at it from a new place. Like, yes, there's some physical stuff, but notice every time you get stressed, you feel it in your stomach. Mm -hmm. So she did some work physically and then we created some things to like actually look at it from that place instead of it just all being kind of held in there. Mm-hmm. So it's a really cool point. I love that. Like, just keep going, keep looking. Somebody has something for you that you just haven't found yet. Right. Right. Focus on the times that you've been surprised because you kept going and you didn't, and you found something rather than all the, you know, 20 doctors that you've seen that haven't been able to help you, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, yeah. I think, you know, that's, that's huge. And I'm like you, my mom was relentless in getting me the support I needed for my learning stuff. And Thankfully, she taught me that, and I am, I am absolutely relentless when it comes to getting my kids the support that they need. Yeah. How do you, I got one last thing for you before we wrap this up, because you talked a lot about support today, mm-hmm. and I think you and I, we've, tr- we've been trained, like, we know how to go get it. We, like, mm-hmm. we went through rigorous training to learn how to be supported and get support, and we're still learning, right? We can all continue to get better and get more and more support. And you and I now know that like when you call me for support or when I call you, it's actually not, it's not a chore or a burden. It's like a pleasure. Like we mm-hmm. get, we get something ourselves from it. Mm-hmm. And um, how would you, what would you give to people that like either think they're going to be a burden or like they don't want to put that on people or I don't have anyone to ask? Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, that's your inner critic. <laughs> Um, you know, trying to just protect you from potentially being rejected. Um, and it's a normal, you know, to normalize it, that's, that's a normal thought. And it feels so freaking good to support someone. Like, imagine that you're giving the same, the person's giving you a gift and you're giving that person a gift, right? Like, when we care about someone and we all have someone out there that cares about us and that we care about, like, I mean, I would say most people, um, like it's, it's just, it's a human need, right. To, 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 to be there. And I, I will be as, as outrageous as I, as I need to be to get myself the support. I was having a rough day yesterday. I reached out to you. I reached out to, you know, a number of different people that I knew would support me. And I, I, I asked them for what I needed and, that is a that is something I had to train myself on because I did grow up thinking that I could do it separate and alone and I would be fine, you know. Um, so I, you know, I think it's it's it is a gift when you can allow someone in. It creates a new level of intimacy. Yeah, we make meaning out of that too, right? Like the idea of needing to ask. You said something about um, the inner critic. So when mm-hmm. I was doing all this brain research, one of the things I learned was that our brains because as early humans, if we got cast out of the group, we couldn't survive, right? You couldn't survive a thousand, 500 years ago, a thousand years ago, like on your own. Now you could today, you could totally mm-hmm. survive today. But as human beings, we need to be in groups. We need to be accepted. So the fear of being not accepted or as part of a group actually triggers the reptilian brain to go crazy because the reptilian brain goes, if we're not accepted, we're actually going to die. Mm-hmm. so yeah. nuts and like that's yeah. not gonna happen today but that's right. the feeling right like the fear of rejection whether it's a date 
or it's yeah. a group or whatever. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it is, it is a great irony. And when you yeah. are in, a, you know, having a medical breakdown, your body is, you know, you, you, that's when you need the support the most. Emily, how do people, if people want to take your inner critic course, if people mm-hmm. just want to reach out to support you, <laughs> if people want support, if they oh, want to know about coaching, whatever, <laughs> if they want to drive your kids to, you know, practice. It would be great. In fact, my really daughter's want. wanting to get picked up from school right now. So if you would like to do that, please. No, um, so it's, reach out to you? yeah, you can get me at, um, dethroning your inner critic.com. Um, or you can uh, reach me at Emily at golden. I'm sorry. Um, Emily at dethroning your inner critic.com. Um, dethroning your inner critic is just a catchy phrase. And I think people remember it. I have another business, but um, I, I would reach out to me at Emily at dethroningyourinnercritic.com. And are you guys on social media? We're on social media. Don't ask me what our handles are. Um, I don't remember. I, it's we'll more- figure them out. And we'll figure them out and we'll put them in the show notes. Totally. Awesome. Yep. Okay. Cool. Hey, thanks for doing this. We're totally going to have you back on here and we're going to talk about like all things coding and get more specific and you'll do some episodes of the bricks with me but thanks for your generosity thanks for your time thanks for being thanks for actually coming on and being willing to talk about something that's super personal that's super vulnerable that's something that's super intimate because we me and you could have talked about anything in the world and i really wanted i really wanted to talk about this because i just think everybody's got something and the fact that you are willing and vulnerable to share about like your own stuff and your own life and your family and how it impacts you all over is just such a generous, so generous of you to give us, me, the listeners, that gift. So thank you for that. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. You're welcome. It's always a pleasure. I love you. It's always great to have love you around. You. We'll talk soon. Go pick okay. up your daughter. Yeah, I will. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dream Mason podcast. Please subscribe to the Dream Mason podcast so you don't miss an episode. Share it with a friend and give us a review on iTunes. I am grateful to have had you here. If you want more, you can follow or reach out to me, Alex Terranova, on Instagram at inspirationalalex or at thedreammason.com or email me at alex at thedreammason.com. And remember, you are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.